welcome to the Soccer Camp. It's time to break down the barriers. A show dedicated to creativity, adaptations, and purpose. Stupendous! The greatest moment I've seen in Premier League football. Real coaches. Real talk. Unbelievable! Real growth. Now, welcome your host, Roberto O.B. Hernandez. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Soccer Cap. We have another great guest with us today. I actually met him whoo, while back when uh, the coaching careers are barely getting started, um, but we stayed in contact since, and now he's made the big leap to New York, where he's currently working with the New York Red Bulls organization and currently an assistant coach for uh, Bronx Community College out there. But he also has a long, long experience in college recruiting with NSR and currently a college scout and college athletic guidance counselor with recruiting student athletes. So this guy knows exactly what's up. He knows the college game in and out, and uh, he's now making an impact in the youth game as well. So we just want to welcome Robin, and uh, Robin, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you just mentioned, I mean, we met, like, I still remember when you met in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, watching watching games, right? Recruiting. So that's yeah, been a while. So yeah, definitely. I'm glad to be here. Met at Albion Cup, to be exact. Uh, Albion yeah, Cup in yeah. San Diego. <laughs> um, just two guys watching the beautiful game and uh, definitely clicked from there. Um, Robin, so appreciate you coming on. I know, uh, obviously, it's been a long day out there and uh, uh, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain and but before we get into that, like always, we want to get a brief introduction. Can you tell us, you know, how, where you grew up, how you got introduced into the beautiful game, and why you started uh, getting involved in college recruiting? Yeah. Um, so I was born, I'm originally born in Berlin, Germany. So my dad was in the military, so I grew up there. Um, obviously, soccer is big in Europe and Germany. We play That's the number one sport. So I played that. Played it all the way in the youth system, played for the men's, um, played with players, not with players, but in the same city like John Anthony Brooks, um, maybe some people know them, uh, the Boateng brothers, um, Leon Balogun, who plays for Glasgow Rangers, so all from the same city. Um, yeah, so, and then when I played for men's league for two years, I decided I wanted to go to college. Took that step, I think it was 2009, to go to college, play. Um, and then for coaching wise, I always felt like, I mean, I, I just like this part of the game. I always loved the game. I always thought about the game, um, thought about what I can change, what we can do. Um, learning uh, every day more in coaching, obviously it's a big difference between being a player and a coach. Cause it's not just, yeah, you can play, but you also got to be able to teach that. And also got to be able to bring your philosophy down to, to the players. Um, so in college, basically it was more where I got a sense of, because in Europe you play, when I played for the men's, I was 19, 20, playing with 30 year old, 32 years old. And when I went to college, I was 21. I was one of the older ones. So that automatically put me in a position to be more of a leader and tell them how the game's supposed to be played. And it also gave me the, the, the chance to actually um, coach. And then my last year in college, I wasn't able, I uh, wasn't eligible to play. And then my coach at Cal State East Bay, uh, Andy Combo, got me the chance to actually be assistant coach or and help the team um, for my senior year. So that's where I really got into a bit more into coaching. Gotcha. That's pretty awesome that you know you were able to coach at the same place that you played uh, uh, Cal State East Bay. Obviously, uh, um, in the I played against them several times. You know, uh, in the yeah. college game. So definitely a good program. Um, and what I kind of wanted to 
obviously you mentioned a big list of names and that was pretty cool that you were kind of in the same area and growing up in Germany must have definitely been a big reason why you fell in love with uh, uh, the beautiful game and now going into like the college recruiting you know what got you involved with you know national scouting report when it first started and why did you fall in love with the college recruiting aspect so much yeah um so for me um being german-american so i always had the connection with the states so my dad from michigan so i always had the dream to maybe go back um go to college play there but also realizing that in Europe, a lot of my friends, when I first left, they were like, oh, we also want to do that. Because it's like the experience is great because you can combine both. Um, you are treated like a professional, usually in, in, in college where you have practice and everything. Um, so when people were asking me, like, hey, can you help me basically um, also get um, go to the States? I went through the process more or less by myself. Um, so I had to learn the hard way. Um, but also seeing that a lot of people in Europe needed help, but also when I went to the States, a lot of people did not know the process. They were just leaving my teammates. They were like, oh, I just chose the school because it's down the road and all that stuff, they didn't get recruited. And I was like wondering, and my opinion was, oh, if you're from the States, you everyone's going to get recruited so much easier than, than I had it, um, which is not the case. Um, so when I saw that and I first moved to San Diego in 2014 um, and seeing San Diego being such a hotbed in soccer, I was like, okay, how can I help other athletes experience the college experience um, from what, which I also had. So just giving my, my, giving down my knowledge, what I had and figured, okay, if they really want to play, they, they should really play in college. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool that you wanted to help the community and help other players like yourself. And that's the reason you got involved. I think obviously we got to understand the why behind everything and the purpose of why we do everything. So I think that's cool, Robin, that obviously your purpose was to help others. And I mean, dude, the college process is not easy whatsoever. It's definitely a complicated <laughs> one. Um, I mean, I, I, being in the college game myself, it's even sometimes where, you know, parents will ask a question and you're like, that's a good question. I got to even <laughs> research it and figure it out. Right. Um, or club coaches, it, it's definitely a complicated one. So for parents that have no experience in it and players is, is, is definitely, we need somebody like you, Robin. And that's exactly why we, we wanted you on this, uh, podcast to be able to break down the college recruiting down from, you know, emails to showcases to every every aspect so in your opinion what is a like most crucial time period for players wanting to play at the college level is it their freshman year sophomore year or beyond that or maybe even before yeah so i'm gonna answer that in two parts um first was the difference between girls and boys um they develop differently and i always say um the crucial time it's also also depends on the player right some players could be a sophomore they're just not ready mentally to think about college. Um, the whole process, yes, yes it's, it's draining, it's a lot of work, and it's, it can be stressful. But a lot of kids also, they, if they want to really do it, then it's great. They should, for girls, they should start sophomore year. And for boys, um, they should really start um, going to the junior the latest. Um, but like I said, it also comes down to the, to the kids and how passionate, how much they really want it. Because um, otherwise, if, if it's if they start early and they really feel like they're going to be stressed out too much and don't have any fun, which fun is a big factor, then they're not going to be happy and then doing going through the whole process. Right. Um, so that's, that's my answer to the, the crucial part. Um, but it really comes down to like, also understand there's so much competition out there. So it's not just a couple of emails and then suddenly you're going to play somewhere. It's really going to be like, okay, 
do I really want to play in college? So I'm really down to, to put in the work. And when should they reach out? I know, obviously, college coaches have their timetable, but when should players reach out? And how do they know which program to reach out to? Should they reach out to any program they're interested in? Or there's is there a specific way to go about it? Yeah, so um, like I said, for, for girls, usually they should start earlier because they mature earlier. But the first thing that, that players should be doing starting sophomore year and even freshman, you start thinking about, okay, college, do some couple of visits, trying to figure out, okay, what am I looking for in a college? Like, and I always say on the boys' side, even more like, hey, if you really just want to play soccer and that's all you want to do, then maybe college is not the right route. Maybe you want to go to Europe and play, try to be a professional because college really is for soccer and and being a student and getting your education. Um, so they should reach out. Um, like I said, they can only reach out, obviously, once they're into going into their junior year officially, but they can already start sending out emails way um, before that and starting with doing a list, finding 30 to 40 schools that they want to explore and figure out, hey, do I want to go to a big campus? Do I want to do a smaller campus? Am I willing to go to the East Coast like I did? Um, are you willing to do you want to stay in the West Coast? And that can also change uh, when you're 13, 14, 15 and when you're 17. Right. Maybe you're not willing to go, but then suddenly you look into a school and feel like, oh, actually, I can do it. Or you have a tournament somewhere. You fly all the way to Florida and then you feel like, oh, actually, I can see myself um, playing there. So sophomore year, junior year, really want to be open and open minded and to to really explore as much as you can. Yeah, I think that's interesting there that you mentioned. Do you really want to play at the college level? I think a lot of times in club and I mean, in being in the U.S., right? Um with American football and baseball and basketball, the way it's set up is you do want to go to the college game, right? And then you want to move on to the professional. And soccer is a different monster in itself because it's a global sport. So I think that is an interesting one that we'd never really ask the players, do you want to play in college? It's more, um, let's try to make it professional. And if you don't, we'll try to land you in a, in a top college. So I think that's awesome that that's a good perspective to have do you actually want to play and do you know what it takes to be at the college level, not just athletically, but academically? Um, and when players are reaching out to the coaches, what should be included in the email? Should it be something super long? Should it be something short? You know, I, I know definitely you can't make it generic. So what should they be uh, including in that email? Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I also work for the Bronx Community College, which is a small junior college division three. But believe it or not, I get a lot of emails. Uh, so, um, and you can imagine how Division One, Division Two teams, um, how many emails they get, right? So those long emails for me is always being myself in the position before and trying to find a school um, like years um, past. I feel for the players when they reach out. At the same time, when I start reading long emails about their work ethic and how much work they're going to put in and that all that stuff, you hear it all the time. So you really don't, you want to try to separate yourself and really be, um, like you mentioned, don't send generic emails. Figure out what is your 20, 30 schools that you really want to go to. Um, make a short introduction, who you are, um, why you have interest in that school. For instance, you've been to the campus or you, your, your, your parents went to that school or your sister, or your sibling, or you had a game in, the, in, the, in that stadium and you, you, had, you liked it or whatever, Some, something that's connected to that school. Um, or you just want to find out more about the school. It can also work, but don't make it generic um, and try to um, keep it simple. 
who we are. And the most, most important part for coaches is just trying to see, okay, can you play, right? You got to have a video. They want to kind of see if you have the, the talents to even play because the long, all those long emails, if, if it comes out, you can't even play. It's just, just a waste of time. Um, and it sounds a little bit mean, um, but coaches really don't have the time to read through everything that you're doing and what you're doing off the field. And then you have a video that's either not a good video or you, they can tell, okay, you can't even control the ball. So it's like, um, it doesn't make any sense, right? So you got to have a good video. It got to be short. And, but you got to be, rather have a very short email, but make it very personal versus those generic long emails about your, your all your background. Yeah, and make sure you guys get the name right. I've I've gotten emails where they're like, "Dear Coach So and So," and you're like, uh, "That's not me. There's no one on staff here." Um, or they 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 put like, um, I remember when I was at San Diego Christian, they're like, "We really want to be an Aztec," and you're like, "Well, that you contacted San Diego Christian, not San Diego State." Like, you know, make sure you get those little details right because as a coach on the other end, if you're not even gonna bother to pay attention to the small details. Yes. we're going to expect it on the field, right? You're not going to pay attention to the small little details that we're trying to get established and help us win. So we definitely know that if you didn't do it uh, thorough research, you're not going to do it um, once you're a part of the program. And I know you mentioned highlight videos. So how ideally, how long should a highlight video be? And should it include music or should it not include music? So uh, with the music thing, I feel like it's personal. It's different from every coach. Uh, maybe the younger ones, they might like music. For me personally, I don't mind music. Um, it's, it's up to the players. Um, th- but at the same time, the music does maybe tell a little bit about the character. If it's like rock in the background, then I feel like, okay, that's what they're into. Um, nothing is wrong with that, but it also tells a little bit more about who you are. And then if it doesn't represent you, then you might want to change the music, right? Um, at the same time with the video, it should be, I always compare it like if you want to go to the movies, right? You watch a trailer before, before, before you even want to go watch a player in person, you want to watch the highlight video first. So the trailer should really be exciting. The first couple of scenes should be something, oh, they have a powerful shot. They, you can see the size, they can see the, the passion running after the ball. So the first couple of scenes should be very good. And usually a video, highlight video should be three to five minutes. Right. But the, the, it doesn't mean that you're going to watch the whole five minutes, but the first opening scene should really be your best scenes. That really keeps the, the coach hooked and be like, OK, I want to see more. I want to see more. Right. An easy pass. If you if you're a center back and you just pass the ball to your other center back, that's that should be given. Right. It's nothing that's not a highlight video. It's something. Show me something that's that you can really do. What, what are your strengths, um, um, basically? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think a lot of times we do include a lot of simple highlights just to make it longer, right? But yeah. you're, you're right. Just like a movie trailer, you gotta you gotta catch the audience's attention first just to be able to grab it. Um, and that's kind of brings me to my next question: What can players do to make themselves stand out? You know, maybe aside from highlight videos or emails, is there something else they can do? Maybe phone calls, or in your opinion, what do you like players to do to stand out? Yeah, so biggest thing, what I also tell players all the time is um, if you call coaches and you email coaches, there's really not something that's worth too much email. Yes, you don't, you shouldn't be emailing every single day and you should definitely not email generic emails. But at the end of the day, let the coach tell you, hey, you know what, we don't have any interest. Don't take a no response as they're not interested. Show them that you really care, right? Show them that you go to the, go visit the school. Tell them you're going to visit the school. Show them uh, that you really want to find out more about the school. And calling is is a big thing. It shows the coach that you're mature. 
And when I say calling, I mean the players should be calling, not the parents um, calling and finding out. The parents are going to be involved at the latest um, stage of the recruiting. The players should be calling um, and because it tells the coach, okay, you're mature, you want to find out more. And for some players, they feel like, oh, it's 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 tough or um, I'm afraid or I'm, I'm a little bit scared to call. We work with kids, right? We um, I'm coaching right now, U9, I'm coaching U10, I'm coaching in college. So we understand that someone that might be shy or doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's like that even for me personally, I was like, okay, it shows a lot more that you're, you're a little bit afraid, but you're actually picking up the phone and you're calling. That's like, okay, that tells me a lot more about, about you. Right. So big thing is really picking up the phone and try to call a coach. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the way you stand out. And then like I said, with the email, really make it professional, have a, have a, take it, make it serious. Like it's your resume. It's not just you have sentences in, in those emails sometimes, um, and that's going to be the same later on if you apply to jobs. It got to be very professional. Yeah, I agree with that. And the thing you said about emails, if you don't get a response, don't take it as a no. Um, we've all been there. Sometimes it, it look, sometimes we receive emails as coaches and you mean to reply, but then you get, I don't know, someone walks into the office, something happens, your, your mind gets taken away. You already had opened it. So then you completely forget about the email. And that's the thing is. Follow up, you know, if coaches aren't responding, hey, coaches want to follow up for my email from last week, you know, just see, did you get a chance to look at it? Still definitely interested and stuff like that, I think goes a long way. Um, and it even shows like the consistency and the determination, right, of the player to, um, I really want to be a part of this program. And that kind of brings me to another point is, in your opinion, how do you, from a player's perspective, how do you think uh, to really know if a coach is actually interested in you? Or potentially just kind of giving you the the string along just in case they can't find something better. Yeah. So a big thing is for 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 players is to figure out okay how much is the coach actually investing, right? It's this uh, the big thing for the recruiting is it got to be both ways, right? Yes, as a player you want to go to a college, you might want to go to that specific school. You you um, try everything and you try to showcase, but it's it's going to be a relationship. Right. So it also should be um, you're going to figure, OK, how much is the coach investing? Have, have you guys had a personal phone call? Have, has he sent you a personal email? Has he come out to your to your to your game multiple times? Have you talked to him on the phone multiple times? Right. Those things are important where he's not going to invest times uh, time with a player that he doesn't have any interest or just stringing along. Um, and then also making sure where am I at if I'm a junior or going to my senior year and I've been talking to the coach, but he hasn't offered anything or you haven't talked about any offers or official visits that probably also tells you hey you know what i'm probably behind so you got to know as a player where should i be if i've already been talking to the coach right um and also the difference hey come to my id camp or the next step would be an official visit or when can i come out um uh, and, and watch you in, in, in the showcase yeah and so and how many times is it, you know, obviously it depends on the level, the college size, but most of the time the players are speaking with the assistant coaches, correct? Yes. Um, so it also depends on the on the college, but assistant coaches usually do the, the recruiting or the, the beginning of the recruiting, and then they uh, introduce the head coach later on. Um, like, like I said, it depends on the, the program. But definitely when reaching out, reach out to the assistant coach, or ideally reach out to all of them. Right. It, do, it doesn't hurt. Like, uh, at the end of the day, no one's going to be mad at you if you reach out too much or did too much. Um, it's, it's not wrong. As long as you're um, like genuine about wanting to go to school. And like I said, don't have those cases where they just sent the wrong um, label of the school or whatever, then you, you should be fine. Right. 
yeah, I, obviously there's there's a lot that goes behind, you know, getting the coach's eye, getting the coach's attention. And I guess for you, what was, as a college recruiter, what was the hardest part about trying to place a player in the correct environment? Without naming names, we've all had those players that say we're going Division One when they're just not at that level. So especially as a college coach, how do you let a player know you're just not at the Division One level or the right fit for their program? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the answer to the first question is like, for players, the biggest thing is to really figure out what's the right fit for you personally, right? And every player, every family, they have a different uh, understanding of that. At the beginning, they might say, oh, I want to go Division One and all that stuff, but that's something else what they hear from their friends, and it's more like, oh, it's cool, and they know about the school, but you really have to ask themselves, like, okay, what do I really want? Right. Do I really want to go to a big school? Do I really want, is that really where I'm comfortable with? Right. Um, some people just say at the beginning, but they don't think about it too much. Um, and then for me as a coach to tell a player is like, I mean, I'm more of a straight shooter. I like to say like, Hey, you know what? That's probably because I also understand the other side where a player, if you, you don't want to string along a player um, and just tell them, Hey, you know what? It's the, the playing style. It's, it's not a fit. Right. Or I don't see you right now. Or ideally I tell them, Hey, this is what I would need. To you to improve in the next six months and then you can see if you get it then you can send me more video but um that's what we're looking for right um and players really have to be honest to themselves saying okay if i don't have this this and that then i have to maybe look somewhere else and there's so many opportunities so many different schools out there um a lot of times i see uh, families and kids they make the i don't say wrong decision but they make a decision where they haven't done enough research about what they truly truly want and not just the name of the school or just bragging about someone, just think, okay, what can I get out of um, college in those four years? That's also besides only playing soccer. It's also like being a student and uh, the whole environment. Yeah, you mentioned it already about like uh, what players are looking for in the college. And I think that's an important step too. It's not only are you being recruited by the coaches, it's you're basically recruiting them as well, right? You're giving them an evaluation. Do It doesn't matter if it's the UCLA or Oregon or Gonzaga, whatever it may be. You got to look at the coach. Do you want to spend four years playing for a coach that maybe isn't that nice, that doesn't really care about you? Um, they just see you as a number rather than as a person. Uh, do you want to play for a school that potentially doesn't care about their athletes, right? They may be a big-time uh, program, but doesn't care about their athletes mentally, physically, whatever it may be. So I think it's important to be able to go into those environments, and it's the player testing out their environment as well. Do you like the teammates? Uh, is it a competitive environment or are the players lazy, right? You can notice these small things when you go out. And I, I think it's, you mentioned it, even the community size, right? Do you want to be a part of a a program that has a big division one football uh, team, right. That has a big basketball team. That is a, for lack of a better term, a party school, or do you want to be, you know, in a, in a program that has, you know, smaller classes or whatever it may be. Cause I think, like you said, it depends on the player. Some players can go in and sit in a lecture hall of a hundred, 200 plus and be okay. And then there's players that need a, you know, lecture hall. That's only 30 students in there. So I think these aspects are something that, players don't look for enough and in your opinion what else should players be looking for when they're looking at a college yeah you definitely touched on a lot of stuff because also the thing that i um playing or going to a big school right it's, it sounds nice or um playing like 
where a school has a football team and the, basically everyone is more looking to the football team, the basketball team, the soccer team is just like third, fourth or um, fifth string. It's like also like, oh, you're still an athlete, but you don't really, people don't know you on campus like you might, might thought before, right? It's also something to consider. So um, it really comes down to, I tell players, okay, what school would you go to if you wouldn't be playing? That should be the, the first. Okay, what, what does it have your academics? Um, would you also go there? Because injuries, unfortunately, are part of the game, right? Um, you never know what happens. You got to find out a school where you're going to have the most fun, and everyone can define fun how, however they want. But having fun, in my opinion, you're also going to make sure that you're going to succeed in college, right? Um, and, and then also, the playing is just the icing on the cake. Right. So find a school where you want to go, where you're going to, for instance, when I worked, we lived in Cali. Like for me, I'm okay to, to live in New York. I prefer the Cali weather, but for some players, just like the, the winter is just too cold. Right. Um, it might be a division one school or division where you want to play, but are you really going to be happy or are you just going to be happy for two months of the year? Because <laughs> other months it's too cold. Um, so all those things play a role because the season is to be, to be real. It's just two, three months. Right. And then the season is over and you don't want to put everything in, in that basket of, um, OK, this the soccer. If it's just for a couple months. And then if you're going to be miserable um, for the next year, then your, your grade's going to suffer. And or if you don't get any playing time, that's not another thing. Um, well, how realistic are you going to be playing your freshman, your sophomore year? Right? Are you going to be on the bench the whole time? Are you OK to be on the bench for some people are? I personally, I, I was never I, I needed to play, so I would never would have gone somewhere. Um, where it was clear that I would never play um, or don't have a chance to play, right? Um, um, and that's also going to be an influence on your on your, on your daily life, on your grades, um, on your friends, with your relationship with your parents. So at the end of the day, you want to find the, the best fit for you personally that has the academics, right? And then the soccer um, just going to bring everything else out. Yeah, I think that's very, very important. Like you said, soccer is only three months and potentially – like you said, injuries happen or roster cuts happen or uh, program. I mean, we saw it in New Mexico, right? The program um, yeah, was yeah. eventually cut and that was a successful program. So it definitely a lot of things that happen outside of the program. And I, I know there's a big difference between girls and, and, and guys, right? Well, girls and boys, a lot of times boys don't care what major they are. They just want to go in and play <laughs> versus girls is very, yeah. very important, which is good. It should be important to both because at the end of the day, no matter how good we are, look, Messi, Ronaldo, uh, they're very, very good. Obviously, they didn't play college. But what I'm saying is no matter how good you are, your, your career is coming to an end at some point. And I think having a college education is something good to bounce back on, right? Whether you, even if you're going into sports, uh, you know, being a sports uh, color commentary, it's it's still something that you know with the college degree, they're like, okay, this guy can actually hit the deadlines, be organized, is determined, um, and no matter what. And I think that's why a lot of MLS players, even now, that even if they didn't go the college route, they're going back to college, right? MLS uh, partners yes. with different colleges to kind of help them do online programs. So I I, I definitely think. That aspect is important. Um, and kind of going on, if you do make a mistake in the college, you know, process of choosing, how difficult is it to transfer? You know, whether that's from a JUCO to a D1 or a D1 to a D2, uh, what are the requirements and how difficult is that? Yeah, so um, different from playing club where you, where you can switch in the summer and go to a different in college, it's it depends on being a student athlete, also your grades, right? If you're going, if you were a full time student, if you were a part time student, um, 
biggest thing is also the relationship with your coach, right? Um, he's not going to have some power where they're not just going to let you go to their, to their rivals um, if you want to transfer. They can, they can, you basically you have to redshirt for a whole year. Um, and then it's the question if the other school is going to give you any scholarship for that one year where you're going to be redshirted. So you might have to pay out of pocket everything and you can't play that year. You have to wait another year. So transferring is, is not, I always tell players, don't go to school thinking, okay, I'm going to play it for a year and then I'm going to transfer because it's not easy. Because in, also in order to transfer, you need the approval um, from your, your, your coaches um, that you can even talk to another coach. So the recruiting is, is different. And right now, being in high school, you can talk to a lot of different coaches. Um, but once you're in college, and once you're in NCAA, you can't just go out and start talking to colleges, right? So that makes it a lot harder um, to actually transfer. And then also, the, the if you take classes, all the classes going to transfer, and how much behind are you going to fall after you transfer? So yes, I believe the decision is, that's why some people also go to a junior college route, which is easier to transfer from a junior college to a four-year school. Um, versus from a four-year school to another four-year school. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you haven't seen it already, Last Chance U is definitely a, a good uh, determination of showing that, right? When athletes come from four-year back to a two-year, then back to the four-year, it's definitely difficult. You know, they have to make up classes. They, it's, it's definitely a different grind. Um, no, so it's good so players understand the importance of making the correct choice the first time around. Um, mm -hmm. And kind of on that topic, I know a lot of college recruiting has college ID camps, and it's different for every college, right? Some, in my opinion, are actually worth it, and some aren't. So in your opinion... Are college camps worth it? And if they are, what steps should you be taking before you go to the camp? Yeah, so it really, I mean, with COVID, obviously, it, it changed a little bit where um, overall ID camps really comes down to what have you done prior, right? Um, everyone gets those ID camp invites. Um, when I was doing the recruiting, a lot of times, I still get those those emails from coaches so just generics and families did not understand it was just a generic email sent to everyone um so you want to be if you identify um obviously id can also money involved if you identify a school where you want to go to you have to be realistic right um you don't want to go to an id camp um for instance you're a striker and you go into the id camp and the coach is not even looking for a striker for your year you're wasting your time you're wasting your time and money even if you should be the best player in the camp and even get the attention from the from the coach um it's going to be very tough for you to get a recruit so you're just wasting your time and money on the other side there is also um i just talked to the coach in staten island for instance he with COVID, he couldn't go out and recruit so he had a couple id camps um was something what he was doing and he recruited um 15 players out of that camp um so it depends on the program um but you really as a player you want to do your research and do the work beforehand um and also understand as college coaches, if you just if there's going to be 200 kids and you never heard of anyone, the chance that you actually um, stick out in those three hours, four hours, or whatever the, how long the ID camps are, it's going to be very tough, right? And it's not just that the coach just sits down and waits. Okay, let's see who signs up because everyone can sign up. If you're a good player, if you're not, if you're not at that level, everyone can sit um, can sign up. So they're not just going to go out there and, and hope that they're going to find all the players they need for the year. Right. Um, so ID camps should really be a supplement to your recruiting. And if you don't make an idea, uh, if they don't make it to your showcase or you can make it or you got hurt, hurt during the showcase and yet they couldn't watch you, then you should go into ID camps to really be in front of the coach um, or also combine that with looking at the school and all that stuff. 
but you want to make sure you do your work prior of contacting the coach, letting them know who you are, that they've seen your video. Um, so they know when you get there, say, oh, yeah, that's that player. I remember you. And let me take a look at you um, more closely versus if you just go there blindly. Yeah, I agree. And uh, that's something that I recommend because uh, me as a player, I actually went to Cal State Monterey ID camp, but I was speaking with their goalkeeper coach already ahead of time, right? So I was actually, I went and it was kind of like a tryout. And from there is where I made the roster. But like you just said, the coach was looking for a goalkeeper. Okay. I was in contact with them. He already had seen the highlight video and then they invited me to the ID camp. So yeah, it was still uh, a, a good investment of money, but at this point, as soon as I got there, for example, the coach was like, hey, Roberto, how are you doing? Um, and we talked, you know, in between when we're doing the campus tour, he's with me walking around, showing me around. So there's a big difference. Yeah, coaches may come up and talk to you during the camp, but a lot of times to be able to stand out, like you said, out of hundreds of players, it's very, very difficult. And another thing I want to emphasize there is you mentioned, are they looking for a striker? I mean, aside from just ID camps, I, I think you should look at the college roster, you know, maybe they have five strikers that are in top form and they're barely sophomores or whatever it may be. I think you got to do a little bit of due diligence and look, do they need a goalkeeper? Do they need a defender? What what position are they actually looking for? And if you can play two positions and let them know, hey, I play right back, but I can also play a uh, right winger. Or whatever, maybe I play a center back, but I can also play a six, you know, because sometimes in the college game, especially you're looking for these utility players because players get injured all the time. So then you need players that can play different positions. And I know you mentioned showcases, and this is something I definitely want to harp on, because when we met at Albion Cup, we both had a, well, I was new to the college game, so I actually went just looking, right? But here was the thing. I was a brand new program. So we and we needed players last second. So it was kind of like we are just looking. But everyone there, when everyone goes, I'm going to showcase to get looked at. Yeah, you could potentially get looked at. But these college coaches and Robin could speak on this. They already have a list of players and games that they're watching. So if you happen to be on that field, you might get a chance. But they're not randomly going and sitting down and just seeing what happens. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you were the perfect example, right? Even for you, right? For the recruiting, it, when you were sitting there, you were trying to get players, but how many said just yes to you? I, I want to go. I was waiting for you. That's, that's, it's, it go, always goes two ways, right? And knowing that, that's why coaches are not just going to go to a tournament and sit down and just pick who they want and then do the do work later. No, they're going to look at players where they know there's some interest. They have some interest in your school. Um, then they're going to take a look, right? They've already done the, the, the recruiting beforehand. They've already seen the video. They've already seen information. They already know you have the grades. That's a big thing, too, what I always tell um, um, players. Like, if I, I'm not going to sit there and watch a player if I know my school needs a 3.5 to get to play in. And then suddenly I like four players that are playing there but all have a below a 3.0 GPA. I would just have wasted time and money, right? And I'm not going to sit in, in I love San Diego weather, but sitting out there for, for, for 10 hours and not coming home with anything doesn't make any sense. So you're going to do your research beforehand, knowing, okay, they all have the grades. They all have what we're looking for. Now we're just comparing the players at the showcases. Okay, who is the better center back? Who is the fastest center back? Who's recovering better? So you're really comparing those, those players at the showcase. I'm just not just going there to find anyone. Right, um, for Bronx Community College right now, it wouldn't make any sense for me just to go randomly to San Diego and then say, "Hey, you want to come to the Bronx?" Like, what are the chances I'm going to find someone who really wants to go? So, but if there's going to be, you know, there's going to be like 
20 players, then I would go, go out and actually invest um, that time and money, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. So, showcases are good, but definitely bottom line is you got to open dialogue with the college coaches first. Yes. That is the way that you're going to be able to get on their radar. That is the way that coaches want to come watch, right? They're not just blindly going out and watching. So I think a lot of times parents and coaches just think, oh, if we enter our players into a showcase, we're going to get recruited. And even if you're a talented team, there's still a chance that college coaches aren't on that field that you're playing. They might be watching somebody else or they're so focused on the player that they're watching that they didn't see the left back, you know, tearing it up. And and here's another good question, Robin, for you. Players that come out of, I'll use Bakersfield, for example, right? I think there's a lot of talent here, but we're in the middle of the Central Valley that doesn't get enough attention. So what can players do if they're playing on, you know, here in the Central Valley and maybe for a club that's not very nationally recognized? How can they stand out? Yeah, so it really... Um the same, similar to what, what I did, right? Coming from Europe or players coming from Australia, I never went to an ID camp, right? I didn't have the time or I wouldn't, the knowledge even to fly to the States and go to an ID camp. So obviously there are ways where players get recruited without being in the proximity of, of, the, of the school. So, but what we did is, yeah, making sure you have everything else, have a video, being resilient, reaching out. Um, and then the benefit they would have is, um, like I said, going to those showcases by having done, done the work before, or, or, or you can also guest play with other um, teams and go to a showcase if, if your teams are not playing it. But bottom line, you got to do, if you're not playing in a, in a club that has the exposure and you're not playing those bigger tournaments, you even got to do more work prior, right, by reaching out and emailing all that stuff. So that's, that's really the biggest thing. Um, and not just saying, oh, I can't even do anything. My coach is not helping. And No, just do more work, right, beforehand. Yeah, and what on that note, what can club coaches and clubs in general do to help their players um, when it comes to college recruiting? I know some clubs have a college director, but if you're not blessed enough to have one of those that's full-time focusing on helping your players get recruited, as a club coach, what can you do to help put your players into uh, the next level? Yeah, so a couple of things. Is, I mean, on the education part, I know some club coaches, coaches are now aware of the recruiting themselves, but also just getting like some feedback because at the end of the day, even when I go out for the, for the, for the recruiting, if you watch a play, you're not going to know the player, everything about the play in, in, in two games, right? Um, as a coach, and you're coaching your players um, daily, every week, you know a lot more. So giving that information to those co um, college coaches is going to be helpful, especially the, on the character side. Like, how are they, um, are they always on time in practice? Are they the ones that are always listening to, to you as, as a coach? Um, so really giving some more feedback about the, the character and what kind of player or person they're going to get um, um, besides the skills on the field. So that's a big thing that can help. So coaches that are listening right now you know based off of what robin's saying is when you're at the showcases don't just coach the game and take off can you go and hey coach i know um susie is talking to you over at i don't know wake forest or whatever it may be um and i just wanted to come over and you know talk to you is there any questions i can answer about her is there you know any more um I guess give more in-depth. So you have to put in the work, coaches, you know. Um, definitely help the players get there, and I think that's something big. And also, on the flip side, players, you got to understand, college coaches are going to call your club coaches and, 
you know, hey, are they on time? Are they organized? Are they disciplined? Do they really want it? We have all those players that are talented, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it, Robin, right? Talented, but the work ethic just isn't there. And, I mean, now that you're, you know, on the uh, college side as well, how many times have you reached out to club coaches to kind of get, you know, a character check, a character reference? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the biggest thing because, and that's how we always say, it's it got to be the right fit for, for all parties. Right, it's really not just when uh, we don't we don't talk about Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi players, right? They're gonna change the whole the whole program, like and and I tell players the same thing, like and not to take it personal, but a lot of players you are expendable. There's someone else that can do the same thing that you were doing. So um, and if you you have the skills and you can score goals, that's all good and fine. But you gotta we have road trips with the team, right? You're going to be really close with the team. And as a college coach, you want to have fun as well, right? And you're not going to bring in players who might be able to score a couple goals, but are not really helping the team. So, and, and also what I see as me being a college coach, I want to help the players to the next level, right? Once they're in college, I may be going to, um, even more to professional or in their other career that they want to pursue and help them um, become adults, right? They come in at 18 year old, 19 year olds. And that's also the passion that I have. So, do you want to help someone who's who's always late and not doing the right things, or you want to help someone who's maybe not as skilled but actually really wants and has the passion for it and does the right thing? So um, it really comes down to your character and also making sure that you're representing not your fam- your family but everyone and, and yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, I know college coaches that when they saw how a player interacted with their mom or their dad, they crossed yeah. them off their list. They said if they're gonna treat their parents that way. How are they going to treat us as coaches, right? They're not going to yeah. listen to their parents who you're supposed to honor and respect. I mean, obviously, we don't always agree with our parents, but yeah. I think that's something that you got to be able to do, not just to be recruited, but just in general, you know, you, you got to be able to respect, give respect to your coaches, and um, obviously, your coaches will give respect back. Um, I know we've kind of covered a, a lot, and I, I definitely enjoyed the in-depth focus on the college recruiting. Um is there anything else you would like to speak on on the college recruiting, whether that's advice to club coaches, to players, to college coaches, um, or to parents that are listening? Yeah, um, for club coaches, a big thing is also we got to be honest, right? We got to be honest with the players, and it's it's sometimes it's hard. I feel like it's maybe more in the states about the pay-to-play system and um, where you want to please the player, you want to please the parents, but. For me personally, I want to make sure we do right by the players, right? I, I don't have to tell a player, yeah, um, you're going to go there and there and there if that's not going to be even realistically happening. Paint a picture, um, try to help them where you can help them, uh, but don't tell them anything that's that's not even achieve, achievable, right? Um, so that's one thing I saw in, in, in the States, for instance, with the club coaches, like where they say stuff and they can't even, and they, they can't really help. Um, and also understand for, for parents and players that club coaches or anyone, they are just helping. They're there to help you. The, the player itself are the ones got to be able to take control of, of their life, right, of, of the recruiting. And then take your resource, take a recruiter, take take um, your, your friends or your parents as a help. But it really just comes down to, to yourself, um, how bad do you want it? Because you're the one who, there's people that can open the doors, but you're the one actually walking through it and trying to get the get the spa and that's going to be the same way after college if you apply to jobs there's not going to be people doing the work for you and even if you have connections it's all fine and good you still have to be able to to represent yourself and then hold hold that job 
Yeah, definitely. That's something I agree with, right? It's just like reading books or listening to podcasts, right? It's you can yeah. get all the information, but it's what you do with that information that's going to make the change. So with players, it's <clears throat> getting the insight from your club coaches. You know, maybe the club coach starts a connection, right? Maybe, for example, someone knows you, Robin. They reach out and they say, "Hey, Robin, we have this player." Now it's up to the player to keep that connection and uh, and keep the dialogue going and the communication. And one last thing that I wanted to talk about, maybe you can uh, elaborate here, is. The importance of getting things done when college coaches ask for it. If they ask for your transcripts, how fast can you get that over? If they ask for your SAT scores or can you take your SATs or whatever it may be, I think that's important um, in my opinion. And what's your opinion on that? Yeah, uh, I agree. And then you mentioned actually earlier you were saying about um, if a player goes to college and they just want to be professional. And I understand that part. But if being a professional, it also means you're doing stuff that you maybe not always love every second, right? Just putting in the work. And it also means doing your schoolwork, being on time, being able to show up to class, um, putting in the work, you know, the extra hours. And it's the same that you just mentioned. Like, if we are asking you for to do something, we understand there's things where everyone has things to do, but there's a time ta- um, timetable, right? Time management is the key to being in college. If you can't get it done <clears throat> in the time that we asked, that shows me already, okay, you're in, like it's hard for me to trust you, right? Um, there's so much paperwork that you have to do with a um, getting to college, the NCAA, um, and then once you're in college, you got to keep your grades in college, right? There's, there's a team GPA in order for you to continue playing in college. Um, I'm not going to invest any scholarship money for a player who's who's going to drop their grades, and if you can't even get a transcript, then when I ask you to do it, you have a week or and if you and if you can't do it, communicate it. Say I have an issue right now. Um, um, take accountability. Right? There's nothing wrong if just something comes up, but you got to communicate. Say, hey, coach, sorry, I was trying, but something's going up. But um, really be transparent. Um, but like you said, if you can't get that done, that just shows me, okay, you're not going to be able, you're not a fit for college, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny. Something popped into my head. What do you do as a college, I, I mean, as a college recruit, uh, a player that's trying to go in, and let's face it, not all college coaches are angels what about if they're bending the rules a little bit in the college recruiting and you notice it as a player and you don't feel okay with that what what could be the steps to deal with that yeah i mean i guess everyone has to determine that themselves for me personally it's like i if i feel that a coach is bending the rules that just tells me okay where else is he bending some rules am i do i want to play for that for that coach um what happens if Basically, if he's bending the rules, he's trying to get something what he wants. Um, is it going to be everywhere, right? It kind of displays them as, as a character. So as a player, I would say, hey, um, something that happens where a coach accidentally maybe reached out to you um, earlier. If you're a sophomore, you tell the coach, hey, sorry, I'm still a sophomore. I just want to make sure you're aware of it. Um, mistakes happen and all that stuff. But, yeah, keep keep the coach accountable. And then as a player, you want to figure out, is that, is that someone you, you want to look for up, up to, right? Coaches are also role models. You're going to be with them during the season every single day, twice each day, right? Um, if, if they're bending the rules and doing whatever they want to do, is that something you want to associate yourself with? So, Again, not only are you being recruited, but you're recruiting the coach and you're evaluating them. Uh, Robin, thank you, dude. I know... I picked up stuff from this. I know coaches are going to pick up stuff, parents and players. It was definitely great, great insight. Um, Guys, Robin is phenomenal at what he does. College recruiting, college coaching, New York Red Bulls. Stay in contact. Follow his journey. Um, 
we just want to thank you, Robin, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. It was nice catching up with you again. And uh, like I said, I love what you're doing. So giving it out to to families is it's great, right? Awesome. I didn't have that when I I didn't have that when I was <laughs> when I was um, trying to go to college. I didn't have all the information, so it's great. Yeah, no, definitely, Robin. We thank you, and uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Soccer Cat. Reach out on social media or via email. Let us know who you want to hear from or topics that you'd like to hear about. Thanks for listening. And as always, who will be capped next? Next.